0: Yo, this is Pastor Tito, and welcome to another episode of the Revolutionary Podcast. Looking at different ways in which we can anchor our faith by God's word, by the Spirit of God, by Himself. Right? It's all related. This is Him, His truth, who He is, and the reason why we've been talking about these three things over the last couple weeks—the how, to read and to share and to trust—is because of the tension that we have in life. There's a lot of tension, and so we're going to look at right now how to apply and why we should apply the truth of God in our tension. This verse that we're going to look at today is a flyover verse. Like it's one of those that doesn't seem to, um, you know, Luke is really transitioning from one thing to another. And it's like, you know what, let's just kind of cruise by it. But no, this flyover verse, we're not going to fly over it. We're going to cruise through it. It's going to be, it's, there's some really cool things in here. And so what we're going to look at with this is again, looking back guys at Paul and what we see because the whole point of this series that we're doing is learning what does it look like to be a believer in Jesus? What does it look like? That's really what our whole heart for 2022 has been. What does it look like? And to be a believer, what does it look like to be the church? And so let's look at how, when, what they did at the beginning. And so the one thing that we see very evident, and I'm not here to sugarcoat anything, is that when you, all right, when you put your trust in Christ and follow him, Life gets better, but not necessarily everything does. Y'all follow me on that? Jesus doesn't make all your problems go away, all right? Any Christian in the house can tell me, yep, all right, right? He doesn't make all your problems go away. But there is now a presence in the midst of your problem, right? It's different now. And so, yes, when we pursue Christ, we have all this extra struggles in life because now we're awakened to a reality. We're awakened to, uh, you know, this this dualism between the spirit and and the and the forces of the darkness and God and, and the flesh and our hearts and so many things. But you know what? Even though we have extra struggles in life when we pursue Christ, we also have extra strength for life. We have extra struggles, but we got extra strength. All right? And now, I don't know if you've ever, um, I'm, I'm sure we've all had headaches or some situation. You ever had to go to the doctor, be prescribed anything. Guys, if you're in pain, what kind of medication do you want? Do you want regular or extra strength? Extra strength, right? And has anyone ever gone to get the coffee and be like, listen, I don't just want the coffee. Give me the espresso booster, right? You ever like done one of those and just like up it? Like I need this to be stronger because of I just can't right now. I don't, I don't have enough. And so that extra strength is important. Why? Because it helps more, right? More is better than less, right? And so the thing, guys, is we have to be cautious about the extra strength, where we get it from. Because the world is going to offer us something. And the extra strength that we need to deal with, the extra things in this life, does not, we can't find it in the world. It doesn't come from there. And oh, trust me, there's counterfeit after counterfeit after counterfeit. All right? Of spiritual, um, worldly, let me say it this way, worldly medication of solutions. Like, saying, hey, what you need to do is try this. You got this problem? Do this. You got this problem? Do that. But it also comes with extra side effects. Now, to me, my the funniest, this I think these are some of the funniest commercials ever. The most ironic and funniest commercials are medication commercials, right? You ever seen those? Those to me are funny, ironic, and informative all at the same time. Now, I am not, all right? I am not against science. I am not against medication. I am not against those things, all right? I'm not. Let's just be real, okay? When you have a commercial that says, are you struggling with this, and this, and this, and this, what you need to do is try this new situation that I can, you know, we can barely spell or pronounce, right? The way they pronounce it is not usually the way it's like written, Try this, and then this is going to solve this. Fix that and fix that. Oh, and then, by the way, and then it gives you the possible side effects are, you know, you can grow fungus on your foot. You can grow a fifth, you know, a a sixth toe. You know, you can have nausea, vomiting, right, violent vomiting. You know, Um, you can lose your vision or possible sudden death, all right? And then it throws that one out there, right? You could probably die. But then what's funny is everybody in the commercial is prancing and dancing like, nothing is going wrong. I'm like, you are all taking time, Bob. One of you is going to die, apparently, in this commercial. But they all don't know, so whatever. So I guess it's if that's what it's going to be like, then might as well you know, live your life to the fullest if you're going to die at any moment taking this medication. But see, that's the thing about this world. This world says, oh, you're stressed. You're this, you're that. You know what you need? You need this. And then it might solve one problem, but starts three more. And then it gets you dependent. That's what the enemy does. That's what darkness does. So the, the thing, guys, look, the extra strength that we need for the extra struggles in life, it doesn't come from this world, ooh, and it doesn't come from your faith, all right? Because some people like to use faith as the end-all be-all, all right? Like, oh, I just need to, uh, God's not answering my prayers, or I'm not experiencing this, or I'm not doing that. My problem is, is I'm not, I don't have enough faith. I need more faith, more faith, more faith, more faith. You got to be careful, because faith plays a part, but it is not the only one. So tracking? Because how, that is very faith, that is very um, works based. Like, if I have enough faith, I can move the hand of God. Whoa, chill out. Be careful there. Faith is involved, but faith is not the issue, guys. All, the extra strength that we find in this life is not found in, the, in, our, in this world, it's not found in our faith, it's found in the object of our faith. And the object of our faith is an almighty. That's where we get that extra strength from. Faith is involved, but it's him. And so we're going to look today at this flyover section, Acts 18, verses 18 through 23. And we are going to look at how Paul experienced the, the, the strength of God and what he did with it. So, guys, let's read 18 verses. Uh, we're going to pick up where we left off. We left Paul off in the city of Corinth. Revival was popping off everywhere. He writes two letters to the church, 1st and 2nd Corinthians later. But right now, let's read 18 through 23. After, saying, after staying some time in Corinth, you know, it's, uh, some estimate about 18 months or so, Paul said farewell to the brothers and sisters, and he sailed away to Syria, accompanied by Priscilla and Aquila. There they are again. He shaved his head at Sancrea because of a vow that he had taken or had fulfilled in the past. When they reached Ephesus, he left them, Priscilla and Aquila, there. More than likely, Timothy and Silas are, are left in Corinth, uh, for those of you that have been with us for a little bit. So he, he leaves Priscilla and Aquila in Ephesus, and um, but he himself enters the synagogue and debates with the Jews, telling them about the good news of Jesus Christ. When they asked him to stay for a longer time, he declined. He said no. He declined. But he said farewell, and he added this, I will come back to you if. God wills. Then he sailed for Ephesus. On landing at Caesarea, he went up to Jerusalem and greeted the the Jewish church there. And then he went down to Antioch and greeted the the Gentile church there. And after spending some time there, that was also kind of like his hometown, home area, so he was kind of like recharging his batteries. He set out traveling through one place after another in the region of Galatia and Phrygia. And here's the key word. Can we all say these four online? Type these four words for me. Strengthening all The disciples, we're going to look at that. That's that's really our home base for that, strengthening all the disciples. And so what's going on? All right, so we see here something, guys. Look, Paul was strengthened by God. And what did he do with that strength? He goes and then strengthens other churches. This is super important. So um, how do I know that happened? Well, that whole uh, situation with him shaving his head, that was kind of a little hint to it. Um, this is probably a a weird thing for for some of us, but, you know, Paul is a Jew, and he's still, uh, he's Jewish and nature, loves the law, and so there was some Jewish customs that if you made a vow to God, a promise to God, um, you would have to shave your head, all right? Anybody down and glad that we don't have to do that anymore, all right? Anybody cool with that? Ladies, some of y'all can pull off bald, all right? But, you know, fellas, some of y'all can pull off bald. Some of y'all do very well, all right? Some of you guys do very well. Some people can pull off bald. I am afraid to see if, I don't want to find out, all right? I don't want to find out if I do or not, but, Um, Some people do that. So, guys, if if you see somebody that's in the house or next to you or online, you'll say, hey, they look cute, bald, let them know. I'm like, yo, you look cute, you look cute, you look cute. And if they don't, just say, hey, I'm glad you're here today. All right, so don't lie. Don't lie to them, all right? Don't lie, but just say that you're glad to be here. So um, what he did was this, guys. I mean, this was an important one from last week. So what vow did he make? First off, this is interesting because he's a Jew, yet he's a Christian. Paul knows, I don't have to follow the Jewish law anymore. But what's awesome about this is like saying, listen, I don't have to do those things anymore. But Paul wanted to because there's certain cultural expressions, because this is a cultural thing now. There's cultural expressions that are okay as long as they help you and reinforce your identity in Christ. You're not creating new rules. There's freedom there. Paul didn't have to do it. He wanted to. And so that's kind of a cool, you know, there's some cultural things that are okay. Not everything culturally is bad. And so we can kind of do some of that stuff as long as... You know, our identity is rooted in Christ, and it's helping us to grow in our relationship with God. And so, but here's what we think he did, why he did that. Last week, I told you guys, Paul was dealing with PTSD. He was dealing with fear and anxiety last week. And, and God shows up and says, listen, I promise, it's okay. Don't be afraid this time. No one's going to beat you because every time God uses them in a mighty way in, in a city when revival breaks out, the bats come out every single time. And so Paul's like, oh my gosh, this is the biggest revival I've ever seen. They almost killed me in the other one. I'm dead. Like they're literally gonna pummel me. Oh my gosh. And so he was really stressing out and he was afraid. And God tells him, listen, I know it's happened in the past, but don't be afraid. Nothing's gonna happen to today. There's a lot of people left to be saved in this city. Don't stop. Don't stop talking. Don't stop telling them the truth. And so Paul makes this commitment. Some believe he says, all right, God, and I'm gonna show that visible symbol God, I'm going to trust in you to give me strength, to carry me through this. And so he went, and he shaved his head, and then he shaved his head again. And so that's kind of what he did. And so the idea is this, guys. He did that element because God strengthened him in the moment of his weakness. He was exhausted. He was scared. And he strengthened him. And so he did this as a symbol of what God had done in his life. And then he goes off, and that was pretty cool, guys, what he wanted to do. As much as he wanted to stay in Ephesus, he, there was a window of time. So uh, does anybody here, are there seasons that you don't like traveling? I know we got some travelers in the house. Online, I know we got some travelers. But what's the season that people don't like traveling the most? Anybody know? Would it be maybe, well, summer is a bad one because everybody is, right? But summer is a, you have a window of opportunity, right? Kids are at school. You can go on vacations, right? So there's windows of opportunity that you take. Is there a time that anybody would like, nope, I'm like, oh, traveling on around Christmas day? Yikes, right? Thanksgiving. As some of y'all tried that. It's really bad. Well, here's the thing, guys. He wanted to stay in Ephesus, but there was a window of opportunity. And in the wintertime, you can't travel by boat. And Paul really wanted to get back to Jerusalem. He wanted to probably get to Passover and celebrate and thank God for all that he had done in all that we've been talking about over the last couple of weeks in the second missionary journey. He want, it had been some time, a couple of years, so he wanted to go tell the church and give them updates, the church that sent him. And so that's what he did. So he left. He says, "God, if God wills to the church of Ephesus, I'll come back. And here's where I'm going to leave this off, guys. Um, we do know that he does come back. And in his third missionary journey, which is what we're going to take up from here on out, Ephesus becomes the central focus of, uh, of everything that God is doing in that other one. So that's going to be a pretty cool thing for uh, to be continued. But here he goes to Jerusalem to tell the Jerusalem church, look at what God has done. And then he goes to the Antioch church, which those are the two centers of influence in the in the Christian world at the time. And he goes to the non-Jewish church in Antioch and tells them they're the ones who sent him out on this journey. I'm like saying, guys, you're not going to believe what's been happening. And he goes and tells them, you know, you can't send emails. You can't FaceTime like, you know, we do today. So You got to do that literally face to face. And so that's all he did, strengthening the churches. And guys, that is Paul's favorite, and it's one of the most most used terms in the New Testament for Christians. So I'm going to talk to some of y'all now, all right? So if we're, we're, I'm talking to the church, I'm talking to believers. Do you know that one of your key responsibilities, some of y'all, y'all, y'all need to look me in the eye because I'm talking to you, I mean that, look, one of the key responsibilities of a Christian is to strengthen other Christians. There's no option. You don't need, well, you know, uh, I don't got peace about that yet, you know, i uh, God hasn't spoken to me yet about doing that. And I was like, I just read it. Yes, he did, okay? Unless you're like, la, 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 and you don't want to hear it. Listen, the number one responsibility, probably number one, it's kind of say number one, top priority, let me say it better that way. Top priority, you and I as believers, we're all called to strengthen other Christians. I know Paul's doing it. He went up and down and side to side. He's going everywhere, strengthening them. Guys, it should be us too. It's not just my job, and I know I'm here. And my goal is like that every time the Lord speaks through me when I talk to you, that you are strengthened in the faith. But it's not my job only. It's yours. Guys, uh, I need to be strengthened, too. And, and I appreciate when you guys do that. We all need to strengthen each other. That's an important thing. And I literally, I, I try to fly through this, guys. There is not one book. I, I didn't look at the Gospels. Outside of Acts, Romans, all the, all the letters that Paul writes to churches, all the letters that Paul writes to individuals, Titus, Philemon. Uh, I don't actually, I didn't check that one. Uh, Titus, Timothy, uh, the Hebrews, J- J- um, Revelations, all of these, they all have this same phrase. Maybe it's a little different. It all says, believers, strengthen one another, encourage one another, comfort one another, build up one another, love one another every single time. See, that's our fulfillment. When Jesus says, love one another, what does that look like? Sometimes loving you is strengthening your. And, and all of those words mean the same thing. And, and though, when you say the word build up, it's like an architecture. Guys, look, we're all in a building. You're watching me right now. You're probably in a building. When you build something, you want to make sure that it's strong. So that way, you know, a gust of wind don't come. Or, or why do we have codes for? So that way things don't go wrong. And it doesn't collapse in on us and things like that. And so we want to make sure when we build buildings, we build them strong. When we want to build Christians, we want to build them strong to withstand what happens in this world. Right? And so that's an important thing. We do that. We do that to build each other up. And now how do we do that? The same word to strengthen that Paul used here, it just means to tell. I want to let you guys, I want to take every excuse away from you. It just means to tell something to someone. That's it. To strengthen someone is to tell them. Tell them something that comforts them. Tell them something that encourages them. Tell them something that confirms the truth that confirms their faith. That's all we're supposed to do. And there's a phrase here that just it means this. Check this out. It didn't just mean to tell once. It means to retell. It's to re-establish. to remind over and over and over again, right? Just like medication. We, we, we talked about taking medicine early, right? That extra strength stuff. Has anybody ever been prescribed by a doctor? Medicine. And they told you, Take this pill X amount of times until the pill, you know, until the bottle is done, right? And they'll tell you, even if you feel better, have you ever heard a doctor tell you this? Even if you feel better, even if you feel fine, you think you're over, finish the prescription. Keep taking it even when you feel like you don't need to. You ever heard of that one? All right, so we're in church now. We're in God's house. Who needs to confess? All right. Ah uh, yeah, I don't I never do it. Like, all right, I I know we all do. I've done that too, right? We don't ah, I got this. I got it. But why do we need to keep doing it? To re- it's you know, to re-strengthen and to re, uh, reinforce our immune system, our this, whatever that is. Well, guys, it's the same thing. It's the same thing. When it comes to believers, we're supposed to retell, reapply constantly the good news constantly all these things so that's what we're supposed to do but then what do we say what is actually strengthens us cuz i told you you got all you got to do is tell something to someone but you just can't tell somebody anything what do you tell there's only one there's something specifically that strengthens christians so what is it well guys every, i actually looked this up so, uh, cuz this phrase for those of us that have been here for with me for at least a couple months or whatever as we've been doing this i'm like you know what there's that phrase again How many times have we read so far in the book of Acts, and they strengthened the Christians, and they strengthened the churches, and they strengthened, I was like, this has been more than once. I looked back, this is the fourth time so far in the book of Acts, and every time I looked at it, I said, okay, well, what did they do? What was the context of the strengthening? Here's what I found, guys, at least three very general, simple things. What are we supposed to tell each other to strengthen our faith? Three things, God's word, God's works, God's love. That's it. Every time I looked at and they strengthened the churches, okay, with what? They would strengthen them with the truth. They would tell them, look at look at what God has done, look at who he is. They open up the Old Testament, they do Bible studies, and they're encouraging them, they're telling them about guys as, as Christians. That's what I'm doing right here with you. I am trying to strengthen you by the Holy Spirit. Strengthen you by what? By the word of God, by God's words, because God's word, this is not just you know, black and white letters on paper. This is the breath of life. God's words, God's truth is the spirit of truth. It's the breath of life itself. And we need to, the word of God, in the same way when we breathe, it's in and out daily, right? Well, we need to constantly receive the word and also speak it, right? Receive it and speak it, receive it and speak it. How many times, if you've been with me more than one Sunday, how many times have we ever ended a service and I said better. If God has shown you something and revealed something to you today, you better tell somebody. And, it, you know, not me, tell somebody else. Have I, have I not said that before? I've said that all the time. Why? Because this is not just for you to and take it all for you, man. No, encourage somebody else. Share with someone else. If you're in the car right there, if you're with somebody, you better be talking about what happened. I try to do that with my kids most often, you know, if I'm not yelling, at them here and there, right? But I try to do my best. And so, same thing, have a conversation if you came with somebody. Find somebody else in the lobby, online, log on with somebody, you know, talk to them. It's important to share what God has shown you in His Word. It's very important. And then there's the Word of God. Every time I saw, and they strengthen the churches with what? Not just the Word of God, but I, I believe that what Paul does here, he's done the second second time now. He's not just telling them, hey, Jerusalem church, let's do a Bible study. Hey, Antioch church, let's do a Bible study. Who wants to do a Bible study? He's also telling them, let me tell you what God did, the works of God. And so he's going and saying, man, you should have been there. We were over here in Philippi, and look what happened. We were over in this town, and then we went to the next. And then I was over in Athens, and everywhere I went, man, God was saving this person. And now you won't even believe what is happening here. I mean, the dude had to debrief probably two, three years, or maybe a little more, depending on. He had to debrief a lot of stories. And so, guys, tell me right now. Tell me that you your faith is not strengthened when you hear a testimony of somebody that God has done something in their life. Yes or no? Yes or no? Online? Come on. You know it. And so we're not just supposed to testify to the truth of God. You and I are supposed to testify to how that truth is playing out, how and what God has done in your life. And, guys, I'm here to tell you, listen, no testimony is too tiny. No testimony is too tiny. You'll be like, well, you know, I don't. I don't have that kind of a testimony where God kind of did something and this and that. Listen, there's no testimony too tiny. If God did something in your life, praise God, amen, right? I don't care if it was a little thing. I don't care if it's a little thing. And even God can take a tiny testimony and make a big difference in somebody's life. Because you know why? You know what happens when we share our testimonies and we share our God stories? It confirms. And it's pretty much telling them, guys, this is, uh, this is, there's more to it than this. this it's re- Not more to it. It's real. It's real. And so it also confirms the truth. I mean, God's word doesn't need that confirmation in and of itself, but it strengthens us. And so, guys, listen, some of you guys have stories that you have being greedy and you're not sharing. You need to share them. And I'm here to tell you online, everybody else here, listen, you better share you know, share that with us. You can do that online. You can not only send prayer requests, you can send us an email. We would love to hear the stories of what God, I mean, I know we do that sometimes in conversations but, guys, it's important for us to be able to like, oh, my gosh, you know what? That testimony, we're going to elevate that. We're going to present that to the body as a whole. We can't share everybody's testimony, so slow down now, all right? We can't share everybody's story. But there's some stories that we need to celebrate as a body, as a church. Y'all following me? Y'all tracking? That's important to tell those stories. We, we strengthen one another by the word of God, by truth, not by our ideas, of, what I think. you know, all that stuff. We strengthen each other by the truth. We strengthen each other by the, the works of God. And by the love of God. That's it. Love one another. And we can love with our words and we can love with our action. Sometimes strengthening another believer is just me coming up and how about I just give you a hug right now. Right? Me strengthening you right now is probably just me. How about, hey, I'm I'm just going to be here to listen. You You know? Love someone. Serve them. You know? That strengthens them. We know that because, you know, they know that they're not alone. And so we can strengthen them by, by praying for them, by, you know, by encouraging them, by, by, by supporting, serving all of these things, guys. This is not just my job. It's ours. We're all called to do this. We're all called to strengthen each other in this way. And I know it may seem small, and some of you already be like, well, you know, it's, what am I going to do? Again, my, my testimonies are too tiny. I don't really know a lot of God's word like that, and I don't know what to do. I'm, I, I'm not much. I can't do much. Alright, so let me ask you this stuff. When it rains, what kind of damage can like a couple of raindrops? Do? What kind of damage can a couple of raindrops do? Nothing. Enough raindrops over time? What kind of damage can that do? Enough tiny raindrops collectively over time can flood an, a region. And so see collectively. When you and I are able to share a tiny testimony here, a word here, a this here, a prayer there, a serve here. Collectively, then the spirit of the living God floods us with his strength, floods us with his love, floods us with his power because it's moving. It's, it's, there's, it's a current to it. And so we don't just, it doesn't go, go here and ends. No, it flows in and through in one another, up and down, left and right, like Paul was doing. So that's important, guys. That's what we're supposed to do. But then I'm going to ask you then one other question here. All right? So we know what a believer is supposed to do. Supposed to strengthen. What does strengthening do? talked about that. What what actually strengthens us, these things? How about can we just ask the question why? Why bother? Why are we supposed to strengthen one another? And this is a big reminder that some of you guys, especially the prideful folks, I don't know who you are. I don't even think you know who you are because that's what makes you prideful. Um, But let's just be real. All right, Pick this up. Do you know why you need to be strengthened? Because you are weak. You need to be strengthened because you are weak. You are not enough. I don't care how much of God's word you know. I don't care how much God has done something in your life in the past. I don't care. I don't care how talented and gifted you are. You are not enough. You're not. We're supposed to, and that's okay. For some of us, I know we don't want to go there and think that, but I'm here to tell you, it is okay. And there's a powerful response that happens, guys, when you realize, recognize your weakness. Paul talks about that. You know, we we just left the Corinthian church. Well, you guys know what he writes uh, sometime later? His second letter to the Corinthian church, he tells them, listen, God has sent this is a crazy phrase to me to say, God has sent a demon to torment me. It's kind of what he said here. He is, he, I have a thorn in my flesh that I can't get out. Some of y'all had some hangnails or some uh, ingrown toenails. Yikes, all right? I just, somebody's little hairs in the back of their head just kind of went up. Y'all know what it's like to have a little splinter somewhere, right? To have a blister that popped on your toe or, or here or there. You know what it's like. It's annoying. It's there. Well, there was something that was annoying, Paul. And it was sent by God, and it was a demon. And we don't know what it was, exactly what he was struggling with. But all we know is that Paul tells his church, Church, I I begged him and I prayed three times. God, can you take it from me? God, can you take it from me? I just want to be normal again. I don't want to be normal again. I don't have to deal with this anymore. Three times I prayed. Three times he said, But then he did speak. And in Second Corinthians 12, 9, he says, I asked him, but why? And here's what God says. He said to me, Jesus, quoting Jesus, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is perfected in your weakness. My power is perfected in your weakness. So Paul says, well, therefore, well, I guess it's settled. I will most gladly boast about my weakness. So that Christ's power may reside in me. Now what Paul is saying, he's not saying, hey guys, look how pathetic I am. He's not like owning it like that, all right? He's not proud that he's weak. What he's saying is, I'm not going to pretend that I am struggling. I'm I'm not going to pretend I'm not struggling. And I'm not going to pretend this. I'm not going to hide it or feel any kind of way. I'm not going to feel guilty. I'm not going to fear, oh my gosh, I can't, I'm not enough. It's okay, because it is only, that is a crazy thing, it is only by God's power. Only God's power can be perfected in our weakness. Meaning, when we recognize, God, I am not enough. And this thing that was sent to Paul is interesting. So, Paul, Jesus himself said, my power is perfected in your weakness. That that led me on a little bunny trail. I'm like, that's an interesting word. And I looked at weakness. You know how Jesus used that word three other times. And in the same word. And I thought it was interesting. So, guys... Hang in them. Look at this. He go, You know the other time Jesus used that word weakness? Matthew 26, 41. Here the apostles, they're all, they just left the, the, the upper room. They had the, the, the last supper. And God, Jesus is going to go pray in the garden. He's going to be arrested to be crucified. And he goes and tells all of them. They kept on falling asleep, right, while they were praying. All right? Nobody online in here fall asleep while I'm preaching. So here we go. All right, so he says this. Watch and pray. He tells, Jesus says this thing. Guys, watch and pray that you may not enter into temptation, for the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So meaning, there's you can have all of the desire, all of the energy, all of the want to live for him and to do all of these things, but you can't do it on your own because the flesh is what? Weak. The other time that pops up, Jesus doesn't use it, but it's associated with Jesus. Matthew, uh, Matthew, the, the Apostle Matthew says in Matthew 8:17, Jesus is healing all these people, de- casting out demons, healing people that come to him. And, and here it says this, when evening broke, when evening came, they brought him many who were demon possessed. He drove out the spirit with a word and healed all who were sick that came to him so that what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. Now, now Matthew is quoting An Old Testament verse, hundreds of years before Jesus, he's quoting Isaiah 53 saying, he himself took our weaknesses and carried our diseases. There's that word again. He took our weakness and carried our diseases. So then I I kind of really started asking God, I'm like saying, all right, God, you got to help me out with this. So what is that exactly? What is weak? What are you taking and what are you carrying? Because we look at these things. We see that you healed everybody physically right here. Everybody that came to you, you healed. But Paul, you said no. Paul said no. And guys, I, I want you to know that because there was a lot of debates, this, but there's some that, listen, Paul is not dealing with a thorn in his side because he sinned. That happens. Sometimes you and I, we're dealing with the ramifications of our sin, and we're like, oh, what's happening? What's going on? Bro, that's all on you, right? That was you. That was sin and the ramifications of your sin that thought... Oh, right in there. That's that. And so that's not a, what's going on? Like you're not, you're here helpless. I'm like saying, nah, bro. And I was like, it's on you. That's your fault. All right. Now there's other times that we can, it could be spiritualized, but we know that sin, that he did not sin here because in another verse, he actually says, guys, you know what? If you're struggling with sin, the more we sin, the more God's grace is there. So do we just keep on sinning? So God's grace can keep growing? No. And so that's not this. This is not related to sin. Paul has done nothing to cause this pain and struggle. This has just been happening to him. And, if, and some some think that, oh, it might be a temptation. But this is not a temptation. Some people really think that what Paul is dealing with is something. He's dealing with either physical health issues or a mental health issue. That's what Paul is dealing with right here. That's the one, I, if I'm going to guess, that's the one I'm going to lean on from what I've seen. He is dealing with either an emotional mental health issue, which we already saw in Corinth, how he was dealing with PTSD already with his with fear and anxiety. That could be very likely. Or it could just be an infirmity, something physical that he's having a problem with. And after getting beaten, all this, you know, I don't know. It's, it's not related to anything. Let me just not say that. So, how can God heal all these people and then and then say no? To Paul. And sometimes we know, guys, listen, we believe here in this church, and we believe can God heal people? We do. We also know he doesn't do it all the time, the way we want it and the way we hope. Sometimes it's no. Sometimes it's not yet. Sometimes it's a not yet. Sometimes it's just no. What do we do with that? Well, here's the thing. When he says he took our weaknesses and carried our strength, what, this is my question for you guys. I want you to ask this, what is weak? There's two things that are weak. You and I are weak spiritually. But also, we have, listen, you all got one. You got a body. This is This is How many times you've been willing to be all night praying, and then two seconds later, you know. But you were willing, but you passed out because your body, your body is weak. Your body can't go like that. Sometimes you got to take a nap. Sometimes you got to chill. Sometimes you got to pull back, right? This body, and the older you get, some of us, you know, Uh, Hopefully I'm not going to cause any more now, a little PTSD and anxiety here. Some of us know the older you get, things don't, you know, they don't, there's clicks that aren't, they weren't used to be there, right? There's clicks that are now you have to like, you got to warm up just to be able to just go to the bathroom. Like it's weird, right? You can't eat certain foods anymore. Now your body can't process this. It can't process that, right? There's things that are just not working. Why? Because you and I, this body is decaying. We are limited to this. So there's a there's a curse, there's a spiritual curse, but also there's the curse of this own body itself, this decaying shell. And so what is it? Well, you know that when he when Matthew quotes Isaiah, you know who else quotes Isaiah? Peter does. In in 1 Peter 2:24, he's talking about Jesus. He says, Jesus bore our sins on his body, on the tree, so that having died to sin, we might live for righteousness, quoting Isaiah. By his wounds we are healed. By his wounds, we are healed. Now, again, this what and my question to you is what is healed and how? You can't, we cannot claim by his wounds we are healed and say, Oh, I got an issue right now, so by his wounds I should be healed. Now, it doesn't always work like that. All right? If you listen, you start seeing gray hairs, you can't say, Oh, hold on, man. By his wounds, yo, my hair should be healed in Jesus' name. It was like, you can't do it. It doesn't work like that. There's just certain things. That it just doesn't play. Now, does God heal? Yes. What does he heal? When Paul and Matthew are talking about this, you know what they're talking about? Spiritual healing. That is instant. That is instant. That when you put your faith in Christ, guys, listen, your spirit is sick with a disease called death. Your spirit is sick. Your soul is sick with a disease called sin. And there's only one cure, and it's the blood of Christ. That is it. There's only one cure to it. You don't take the medication, it's going to kill you, and it's gonna, you're going to die in your sin, fully separated from God. But there is a cure, and it's the blood, and that brings instant healing to your spirit in Jesus' name. But we also know that God is carrying even this one day, one day, this body. Jesus says that when it's all said and done, He will wipe away every tear from our eye, and there will be no more pain, no more decay. No more death. So one day, we, we are being healed physically. We are. And God can do it, but he doesn't always. And so then what do we do with this strength? This strength is not to be able to throw it out there so that you'll never have a problem in your life and so that you'll never be sick and never be anything, and you can't use it as a vaccine. You can't use this verse as a vaccine saying, I'll never get sick in Jesus' name. No, you can't do that. So then what is this strength for? Well, you got to remember, if it says here, he took our weakness and carried our diseases, Peter tells us where he took it. Where did Jesus take our sin? Peter said, oh, he took it to a tree. He took it to a cross. And he crucified that our sickness, sin, and death, everything, the curse itself, he crucified it with himself on the cross. Meaning, guys, that there is this, this power of God now is greater than the power of darkness in this world. That despite whatever struggle we may have, he is mightier. And the same God who can save our souls is the same God who can sustain us until the day we meet him forever. And that's the thing that for some, I want to encourage you because there's some Christians who they want God to give them what they want now. And when they don't get what they want now, they either say, well, it's my fault. I don't have enough faith or he's not real. No, see, he told no to Paul because he wanted to say, Paul? I know it would feel good for me to take this away from you. But it's actually doing a greater work in you. It's reminding you to trust in me. It's reminding you that you are weak, which means that you're not going to go in your own strength and in your own wisdom. It's a reminder to remain. And guys, I'm here to tell you, we need to remind you that we need to constantly remain in God. And that he is enough. And so I want to give you this one encouragement here. If I can strengthen you with anything... I want to strengthen you with this. That this is, I believe that Paul was, he lived this, we're seeing it, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if he was saying it. Listen, God, str- God's strength sustains us through our sufferings. Hear me? God's strength is enough to sustain you in your suffering. And he can bring a, a, a solution to that suffering, yes. Maybe it could be physical. And guys, listen, if you're a Christian and if you're ever sick or if something's, And if you want God to heal you, ask. There's nothing wrong with that. And I will pray, and and I will pray that God does that. But when God heals a believer, it's in order to reinforce and to reinvigorate. It's like, I'm going to give you strength to continue on. Listen, if you're out here just because you want God to heal you, just so you can have an easier easier life when you're coasting, what you want is heaven on earth. You're too early. Okay? You can't have heaven on earth. You can't have an easy ride here. That's not what this is. I believe that God will heal us. I listen. I have experienced. I right, and Alicia have experienced a lot of mental and emotional, spiritual healing, and God heals us to strengthen us to keep doing the job, to keep doing the work. And so, if you want God to heal you, good. But if He heals you, you better get going. You better, you better do something with it, right? You can't be out here, you know, just kind of wanting all of it done for you, and you, you know, you out here doing nothing. All right. If He, could, if He's going to heal you, it's to strengthen you to strengthen others. And if He doesn't, and if He says no. Or not yet. It's because he wants to strengthen you in a way that that's the only way that it could. It doesn't say anything about God's power. It says everything about us. Pretty cool. In God's grace and mercy, he will like saying, listen, sometimes I need to let you feel it. Because that is what's going to do. You want me to answer your prayer? All right, cool. Just like a surgeon. I'm going to have to cut you sometimes. All right, Gaza, I'm going to have to cut you sometimes. It's going to hurt. It's going to hurt. My dad, one time, he had to, uh, he broke his arm. And uh, they, they didn't set it right, and it started not to go well, so they had to re-break that arm to set it again. They had to re-break it. Sure, that hurt. All right? That's re over again, trauma over again. But were the doctors helping? Yes. The doctors were helping. I've had to. I'll never forget the day that we had to, with my oldest. He was like 18 months, right? Something like that. I love like 18 months old, and he had to go to the hospital, and they had to put an IV in him. And dudes, a solid bag of potatoes. I mean, it's ridiculous. The guy is solid. He is solid. And at 18 months, he was giving these two nurses a fit. And they finally were, uh, they were about to administer the IV and dude bent the needle. He bent the needle with his arm, like just like that. And I was like, oh my, who, is this my child? And I was like, what is going on? He bent it. And then here they are, one nurse with one arm. He's, He's an 18 month toddler, guys. This is legit. This is nothing one arm and then here i'm have to i'm having to put my full weight on his legs and with those big brown eyes full of tears looking dead at me and i'm looking at him he's confused like you're letting him stab me what are you doing and i'm am i how am i going to commute to an 18 how am i going to communicate to an 18 month old you're sick and if they don't I have to just put my full weight on you and that's all. Trust me. That's up. That wasn't fun. Guys, sometimes, sometimes God just wants to put his full weight on you. He's heavy. God's heavy. But it's okay. He's not punishing you. He hasn't forgotten you. He's trying to help you and answer your prayer. It's just not the way you want it, but he's doing exactly what you and that's an important thing, guys. And I want you to know, we all have our struggles. Some of you have maybe financial relationships, physical struggles that you're dealing with. Maybe it's mental. Maybe it's emotional. There's a lot going on. But I'm here to tell you that God's strength is enough to sustain you in whatever struggle that is. His strength is enough to sustain you. What you have to do to receive it, though, is you got to recognize your weakness. In order to receive his strength, and notice the words I'm using, if you want to receive his strength, you got to recognize your weakness. David says this in Psalms 86.1. He says, listen, Lord, and answer me. I am poor and needy. I need you. Jesus himself said, blessed are the poor in spirit. What does that mean? Blessed is the person who realizes that you are poor in God, that you, are, you have nothing to offer God, and you are fully dependent on him. For everything. That is a blessing, not a curse, to know that. It is a blessing, because now you got no other option but him. And when you got no other option but God, oh, it's going good now. It's going to go good now. And so that that's why, guys, in order to receive that, in order to receive that strength, you need to recognize your weakness. And then when you do, God gives you that strength. And that strength is, first off, is meant to save you. And again, if you're if if you're I, I want to talk to everybody here, listen, you cannot trust in your own self. You can't trust in yourself to save yourself. Imagine you're sitting on on or standing on the top of a cliff and you trip and fall, and your momentum is taking you. You're falling off the cliff, and, and it's too deep. You're not gonna survive the fall. You will die if you fall off the cliff. But your moment you can't stop, you can't reverse what's happening. And so all you see is two options in front of you dangling from a tree next to you. You can either grab the chain that's wrapped around that tree, or you can grab a spider web. Which one are you going to grab? Which one are you going to grab? The chain. Even if you try to grab both because you're like, oh, my God, I'm going to die. You're going to grab both because you're not thinking. I don't know. But which one are you really reaching for? Which one is the one that's going to save you? The chain. Because the chain is strong enough to be able to hold you. It's tied around the tree. The spider web is not enough. A spider web is strong enough to hold the little insect, right? It's strong enough for that. But but you, big-bodied self, no, it's not going to hold you compared to the little bug. The little bug. It's not going to hold you. And so that's the thing, guys. If you want to trust in yourself to save yourself, that's like you falling off the cliff and you're trying to grab onto a spider web to save you. And it's going to no. enough. But the chain, that's strong. And the chain is the love of God. It is what Jesus did. And it's not something we grab. When we call to it, it grabs us. All right? This chain grabs us and never lets us go. This is what we have. And so once you have that, guys, when God heals your soul from the sickness of sin, now there is this ongoing healing called sanctification. And where God is drawing you near, but you guys need to Hang in there. Listen, I read this verse at the beginning. I'm going to read it at the, at, at now at the end. Talking about God's strength sustains us through our suffering. Well, look what Paul tells to the Colossian church. Let me remind you again. He says this. Being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might and strength so that you may. Here's the reason. What, what do we do with the strength? So that you may have great endurance, and patience, joyfully giving thanks to the Father who has enabled you, empowered you, given you the ability to share in the eternal, glorious inheritance of the saints. This is talking about eternal life. For Jesus has rescued us from the domain of darkness and transferred us into a kingdom of his uh, son that he loves. In him, we have redemption. The forgiveness of our sins. In him, our wounds have been healed. The wounds of sin and death on us have been healed that that is a it is an amazing strength guys because if that if God is mighty enough to save your soul he's mighty enough to sustain your life if he is mighty enough to forgive your sins then he has enough might extra strength to give you strength to live in him not apart from him in him and that strength is meant for endurance And I love A.W. Tozer's quote. I want y'all to let this sink in. The true Christian must fight until the day he dies. I'm going to say that again. The true Christian must fight until the day he dies. Fight what? Huh? We got to fight because there's spiritual opposition that's happening towards us. There's darkness that wants to snuff out our light. But you know why we also have to fight? Because this body is not compliant. Sometimes we don't feel like it. Sometimes we're too tired. Sometimes we're this. And sometimes, for some of you, I know somebody that's logging online and it's physically a fight just for you to log on and watch. Some of you, maybe it was a fight just to get here. I know. It's a fight to get here on Sunday. It's a fight to be able to be with God. But a true Christian fights into the end. And we don't fight out of our own strength. We fight with God. And, guys, we have a goal in the end. We can endure a lot. Now, my father-in-law is a great. Uh, he loves Survivor. Anybody like shows like that, like like Survivor. You know, anybody, you know, there's some crazy shows out there, Naked and Afraid. There's a bunch of things where they just dump people in the middle of nowhere and said, "All right, guys, figure it out, right? Figure it out." These people, have you ever seen these shows? They endure torture, starvation, sickness. They endure a lot on purpose for what? For a prize. They endure it for a prize. They endure it to be famous. They endure it for money. If if human beings are willing to endure difficulties in this earth for earthly treasures and earthly gain, how much more should we not be willing to endure spiritual things for spiritual gain? Yes or no? Here's the thing, guys. You know what we gain? We gain heaven. I've heard it said that heaven would be hell God was an Indian. That's true. Because what makes heaven heaven is Him. He is heaven. It's Him. It's His perfect presence, void of all things. That is what we gain. And I've heard it said, you guys heard this, right? No pain, no gain. Can I add one to that? No pain, no gain. Well, Paul tells Second Timothy pretty much this phrase. No pain, no gain. He pretty much tells him this. Um, Timothy, no cross, no crown. No cross, no crown. No cross on earth, crowned in heaven. And you and I, we get a cross when we look to the one who died on that cross. And then when we believe in him, he says, All right, you are healed. You're saved. Here's a cross to carry. What's going on here? And I'm like, Here's a cross you have to carry. He carried one. And he, out of his loving kindness and generosity and his goodness, followed. You get a cross too. I carried the heavy one. He carried the ultimate one. But we carry a cross. But here's the beauty part, guys. I said this last week. The cross that we carry really carries us. It's Christ. The spirit of the living God carries us as we carry that cross. So I want to strengthen each and every one of you. Not by my words, because it's not. I pray that it is by God's word himself. I share testimonies. God has given me strength to be able to experience healing and stuff. And there's been moments, and I've seen Christians who got who they've gotten sick and never were healed and to the end even on their deathbed I heard of one pastor who had gotten cancer and on his deathbed he praised God and thanked him for cancer this is crazy because he said listen I've seen people heal cancer but he didn't know me and now if it was for any other reason but you know what I'm glad at least I can say I'm glad he did because it brought me so much closer to Him. anything now am I saying right now guys bring down the cancer no I'm not saying that neither but God's will is God's will. What he meant, what he desires. It's good. It's good. No pain, no gain, no cross, no crown. And so guys, the thing that strengthens us is this. Is that again, it is God's strength is able to sustain you in your struggles. His power is greater than the power of his strength is greater than your struggles. I said this last week I know it shows us in the sense that God's promises will outlast our problems. one day. His strength is able to sustain us in throughout our struggles. And so what do we do? We do what he told the Colossians. We suffer with a smile on the face. Whatever it is, we suffer with a smile. Knowing that Christ reigns. He's the one wearing a crown right now in heaven. He is the king of kings and lord of lords and he has defeated sin and death and we know that all sickness, physical and spiritual, is in his hands because he said he took it. He's handling it. He got it. That's why I don't got to sweat it if I get sick. I don't got to sweat it if I get older. I don't got to sweat it if he's he's not answering my prayers. I know where this sickness lies. It's in his hands. I know where my my soul is. It's in his hands. He's the one wearing the crown. And guys, knowing that, challenge you. Carry a cross on this earth with a smile on your face. For the one who carries and wears the crown on heaven, carry that cross every single day until the day you and I get to lay down our crowns before the one who carried our cross on this earth. That's what we get to do one day. And until then, Strengthening each other, strengthened by the love of God. So that very His strength enough, His grace is enough. And for some of you, if you've gotten to that place, and I, I'm just tired. What well, can't just God do? What well, can't he's enough? If God never answers another prayer in my life, I'll still follow what I have done. Because he is good, he has been too good. And so I want to challenge all of you as well. I know we all got to struggle. Admit it and receive the strength of the Lord right now, Jesus. I know this might not be the kind of message that you want to hear, but it is one that you need to hear. All right, you need to hear it. Because a lot of the reasons why many people don't persevere in the faith, is because they misplaced their faith. They think that God is more like a butler, a genie, not a father. And I want to encourage you and strengthen your faith to know that your God is strong enough. I want you to strengthen your faith, not in your own ability, but may your faith be strengthened, knowing that the God, the object of your faith, God himself, is almighty. His strength is enough for your struggles he is enough for you and just like paul said hey i'd love to come back if god wills all right and he was praying lord if you're willing the lord is willing and the lord is able but sometimes things don't pan out the way we would like sometimes there's lingering ramifications of things that have happened but i want you to know that no matter what there's a timestamp to all these things until the day that we are in God's presence forever. And then all the things we've complained about, we're going to praise him. For God, thank you so much for all that you've done. So hang in there. May you be strengthened knowing that your God is almighty. Trust in the name of Jesus.